When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're doing all right. Had a great weekend. Lots to get into today. And uh, we'll spend some time with Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. Uh, Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride. A Monday with Charlie. Some crouton with Greg Smith. And uh, Greg's partner with his podcast, the Straight Up Podcast, is one Jay Foreman. Jay Foreman in the news, Jason Peter in the news uh, over the weekend about uh, their new roles with Nebraska football. We'll dive into some thoughts and reaction on that. Can join us, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, give us a follow at uh, Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and uh, email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So uh, we'll get into uh, Cam Newton's interesting weekend. The uh, apology now heard around the uh, the seven on seven circuit and some Nebraska basketball thoughts as Nebraska will uh, play four games in eight days. Penn State tomorrow night. A tough one against Purdue as uh, Nebraska just wasn't feeling it with their starters. So Fred went to the bench. Things got a little bit closer. Eventually a knockout shot by Purdue as they completely covered. I'm sure Elijah Herbal has his pen and uh, paper out with uh, the the recap of the steak and the beer weekend bets. Yeah, well, uh, I did pretty well. Uh, I don't actually have the, the results recorded, but I remember during the Husker game looking at the ticker I think at the, the only one I got was probably Maryland over Rutgers. Because I know Illinois killed them. Yeah, they, that was hor- that was the blood. That was brutal. Uh, we both missed the Michigan-Ohio State game. Right. That was, oh, we'll spend some time. That was a great game yesterday. That was so much fun uh, with just how how high level it was. And I think I said Sparty covers against Indiana. I think I maybe went two out of six this week. I don't know. I need to go back and pull up the games. That, that That's fine. I, I can tell you the games, and we might have some creative history, some revisionist history. <laughs> Just to make sure I wasn't so horrific. All right, let's get into um, interesting discussion point and... Uh, Journal Star had a story over the weekend uh, that was uh, put out on uh, Jason Peter and N.J. Foreman and uh, what they're going to now be doing with Nebraska football. And uh, they're going to be volunteer coaches. Uh, I'm anxious to to dive into that. And uh, Scott Frost is kind of going back to the 90s here. And uh, 
why do it? Well, you have some guys pre-COVID that they get to, to check out practice, and it, it's a family down there. You play for Nebraska, you're part of a family, and that door is always welcome to family. And guys that have been uh, on, on site uh, watching some practices, former players and former coaches, because they, they, they love the program. They, they are a part of the program. They want the absolute best for the program. And uh, you're going to have a couple of guys that, that won a lot of championships uh, in action. And uh, you had Scott Frost's comments to the Journal Star about uh, a tough mindset, right? That's one thing Jason Peter has had, always has had, and it's what one of the things that, that made him great. Same with Jay Foreman. Jay Foreman's a guy that uh, played eight years in the NFL, uh, started a couple of different spots for Nebraska on championship teams, and Jay Foreman's a guy that's got his master's from Harvard. I mean, Jay's brilliant uh, when it comes to just – uh, thinking and doing, and, and he's a guy that Hooksy's close with and, and has on quite a bit, and Jay's been on with us a, a few times. Jason used to work with him, and, and, I mean, the guy's super intense and really cares about Nebraska football. And, you know, is this a good thing if you ask former players, if you ask former or, or people that go back a ways with the program, they don't see it in any way, shape, or form, but really positive for the program because uh, when you look at what what exactly is the role going to be for these new two volunteer coaches within the program, and and Jason Peters going to going to be assisting in the weight room. J- Jay Foreman will be helping with player development, and you know how do you get back to prominence? And you know what made Nebraska not only prominent not only relevant, but great. They had great players. But the system that was intact was the older guys showed the younger guys how it was supposed to go. There was a level of accountability. There was an insane level of talent down there. But it was a situation where every day you had to go keep your spot. Every day was where you'd go earn your spot. And it it was that type of high-level, iron-sharpens-iron-type mentality. And, you know, we're going to spend some time on this with Coach McBride. So can the intensity and past experience of winning and greatness rub off on today's 18- to 22-year-olds that weren't born or certainly don't remember Nebraska being a top-five program? Uh, They may remember back to the Sioux era. They may remember... The Riley era, when they were being recruited, uh, they're now here in Lincoln. And what does it mean? Do today's kids give a damn what somebody from 1995 or 1997 has to say or do? And I think yes is the answer. With some kids, I think no is the answer. With other kids, case in point, look at the Cam Newton debacle this weekend, right? Cam Newton was getting heckled by some clown that's in his camp that Cam's shelling out money for so the kid can can be seen. And the the kid makes fun of Cam for being unemployed. (laughs) I mean, it kind of comes back down to, we'll get there. It kind of comes back down to, do you respect your elders? Do you have an open mind? Do you think 
As an 18 to 22-year-old, you know it all. Yes is the answer. We all knew it all back then, right? We were the smartest people in the world, uh, which, which isn't true, but we sure as hell thought it. Are you, do you have an open enough mind to listen to guys who did it, did it at a high level, one at this high level, and then went on to play pro ball at a high level, okay? And it just kind of comes down to the, 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 a kid's mindset or mentality, the other side of it, and who hasn't flipped on A&E back in the day where uh, you see these shows scared straight, right? You've got kids in juvenile detention that get introduced to guys that are serving life in, in, in max security prison systems, and it's the old scared straight. I'm going to scare these kids into what is lurking for them if they don't change their ways, change their life. Well, with with uh, Peter, he is super intense. Part of me kind of giggles a little bit about, well, JP's going to be down there in the weight room scaring him straight. If someone's not bought in, they will be bought in or they'll hear about it from him. Eventually, it needs to be their own peer that can be listened to and, and, and hold another teammate accountable if – it's, it's not great. And we go back to the Brendan Hymas comments, right, about, uh, look, they have not turned a, a corner culturally down there. There's still, th- and I'm paraphrasing, go look up the article uh, on The Spun with some of his comments. But you just have a, a, a kid today that's 16 to 18 years old, and what they know is whenever there's been, and not every kid, I'm not painting it a broad brush, but just generally what you see in youth sports if something's not going your way you leave you quit and you go find a yes yeah my kid can start on your team okay i'm quitting i'm going over to another team or i'm going to to find at an early age a, a, a spot on a team that will highlight my son or daughter and that is the norm unfortunately all right so it's you got to kind of deprogram that once they get to your level. You've done the scouting. This kid can play in the Big Ten. You've done the legwork at recruiting to get him to sign. And now it's a mass problem of take my ball and go home across the nation with a lot of youth sports. They're not bad. It's not the, the entity's fault. It's a situation of What's it like in your household? And parents want the best for their kids. Some households are in a horrific shape. There is no adult in the house. So it all kind of comes back to guys like Foreman and Peter that, that were shown how to win, that won, that paid it forward. There's no one really down there right now that's won at a high enough level on a team on this roster. What are they showing? They can show great work ethic. They can throw show great dedication. They can show the buy-in to grind. But when it comes to a mentality, a mindset, and intensity, yeah, if, if you can get that across to the roster and pay it forward and start winning some ball games, see it on the field, see it translate on the field, then I think you can take a totally big-time step forward. I just don't know if if it's – a situation that where you're at as a Nebraska fan, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Do you see it as, I don't want to say desperate, but 
is there too much 90s? And my take on that is, look, those guys won, and they won it in the highest level, and that's that's where you ultimately, if it's even possible, I don't know, but that's where you want the program to get back to because it, it was a lot of fun to be a Nebraska fan then because they were rolling people. They were Bama before Bama, right? Uh, versus today's athlete and, and mentality, will, will kids even listen? Will kids even comprehend? Will, will they care? I asked Grant Wistrom about that here in December because Grant's been in to speak to the team a couple of different times. Will a, a, a guy, uh, air quote, an old guy from the 90s, make a dent with a kid on today's roster? Will they buy what they're selling? How does a guy that, that cranked out such an incredible career at Nebraska try and connect with the next group of 18 to 22-year-olds who, oh, great, there's, there's championship trophies, but they weren't even around when, when they happened? Right, right. But you know what? We're all football players. We all love to win. And so there is that common theme that runs through all of us. We're all competitors. So if you're 44 or you're 18 stepping onto the, you know, into the locker room for the first time, there's a connection there. We all love football. We all want to win. We all went to the University of Nebraska for one reason, and that connects you. And, you know, I haven't had an opportunity to do it for a long time, but I really believe that every time that Jason and I get to step in front of that team or whenever Scott brings any, mm-hmm. you know, ex-player in, uh, passionate player, the kids sit up and listen. They do understand it. The kids that, the kids that give a crap are going to sit up and listen. The kids that are too cool for it, it doesn't matter who you bring in there. They're not going to listen to those guys. That's not who we're talking to. We're, we're talking to the kids that care, the kids that want to buy into Nebraska football. And those kids that listen are the kids that will show up on the field because they're, you know, they're going to listen to Jason and I, and that's not why they're going to be good football players. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good football players because they do the little things right. They pay respect. They listen to their coach. They show up on time. They get the job done. That's why they're going to be good football players. It doesn't have anything to do with what Jason and I say. So that is the the nail on the head, Elijah. Those little things turn into big things. And Nebraska's had problems for three years and, and beyond doing the little things right. Penalties, turnovers, like on-field performance. Well, uh, the little things start during winter and build up to a big thing positively or negatively when it comes to fall football Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And personally, when I look at this this move as a whole, I don't see this as this, – this isn't a move where everyone on the team is going to be now listening to Jason, Peter, and Jay Foreman what they have to say because, I mean, for a kid my age – the, what I knew Jason Peter as was the guy who was on the radio with you in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Sure. I knew him as a former Husker. I didn't know his accomplishments, really. I, I didn't watch him play. I didn't know how good he was in Nebraska. I knew he was good, and I knew people around him knew him. And, I, and kids in that program now, they're in the same boat. They're going to see Jason Peter, and they're going to maybe know the name, but the, the thought is is going to be, this guy was a national champion in Nebraska. This guy knows what it takes. Same with Jay Foreman. So I, I don't see it as everyone on the team is going to instantly go to these guys and say, Man, how do we win a national championship here? I, I see it as a, as a good tool for these guys, the, the ones who want to be like Jason Peter, the ones who want to be like Jay Foreman, the ones who, You want to be great or not, right? Yes, it, it's the ones that can go and themselves go make a relationship with Jason Peter and say, Jason, what did you do in the, uh, in the weight room? And be willing to, to go do that. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be other kids, and Grant nailed it, that are too cool for school. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the mindset you got to flip. And I think I truly buy that Jay and Jason can can show the little things. 
that'll make one make it a big thing where you where you're winning on Saturdays. But um, credit to Scott for reaching out. The other side of this too, Jay and Jason are both very vocally outspoken. They have been for a decade plus when things are good or when things are bad with the program, having these guys on your team and on your side, and they were before they were asked to be volunteer coaches, helps. Because if there's any platform they're on, social media, radio, TV, whatever it is, you know, they're, they're, they're now part of the team too. And they're going to kind of tell it like it is. And, and they're invested. Those two guys are invested now themselves in it beyond just going to practice to check up on things. What worries me about this move is the echo chamber it could cause. There, there isn't just one formula to win a national championship. It mm-hmm. isn't just what we did in the 90s. That's not the only formula to win a national championship. And I hope it doesn't just become, let's replicate what we did is in the 90s. Is it white noise or is it the message received? Yes. Right? Jay Moore, up next on Hale Varsity. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Jay Moore is with us, Husker, Blackshirt, NFLer. Uh, more to it, the podcast uh, where you find Jay Moore. And uh, he's awesome to be with us on Mondays. Jay Bird, I have my uh, Titleist hat on. I am ready for Wednesday. How are you? I'm well. Uh, much uh, much better than last Monday. I think I was uh, ready to pack up shop and move to somewhere warmer, somewhere <laughs> in Arizona. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can handle 42 or mm-hmm. 45 degrees, whatever it is in February. I can do this. It's the other crap I can't stand, so... Weather's much better, so my mood's a lot better. Jay has been snowblowing a, a putting green near you, and uh, he's been working on, on his happy Gilmore Shooter McGavin putting. Jay, uh, speaking of golf, two fellas you know from the course real well that you're close with uh, are uh, going to be volunteer uh, you know, off-field coaches, uh, Jay Foreman, Jason Peter. We won't get into how much money you've taken from either on the golf course, uh, but I will get your reaction to uh, to their invitation and acceptance to, to help uh, with Nebraska football. What do you think? I think it's great. I think anytime you can get as many former players that have been successful, uh, not only at Nebraska, but you know in the NFL, I, I think that's great. You know, they're not going to be around, you know, 24-7, but it's to give them, you know, advice, you know, bounce ideas off of, you know, have accountability and just just be there. And, you know, you have a couple of coaches that were around, or, you know, obviously with, mm-hmm. with Scott, obviously he knows how it goes. And then Matt Davidson was around, um, you know, around those in those good days. But you know, sometimes you get you have other stuff that you're 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 working on, and you got other things. So sometimes you can have Jay and Jason there, and they can, you know, like I said, bounce ideas or just how do you think things are? You know, I remember you know this. This is what Coach McBride did. This is what Coach McBride told us. Or you know, just have another ear to talk to. You know, for your assistance. You know, Jason obviously can spend time with with Coach Dawson and, and Coach Tuioti, and, and then, you know, Jay can spend time with, with Barrett. 
and, you know, just talk and any advice, but also to help out with the kids. You know, this is, you know, this is what, this is what I see, you know, and this is what you can't, there's a, there's a, there's got to be a level of, you know, you don't want to overset boundaries because obviously you got to get them to do what, you know, Coach Rude, Coach Dawson, Coach uh, Toyote, whatever, your, those are your specific your specific position coaches. But, mm-hmm. you know, mainly I think it's just to get these kids to, you know, have some a better accountability, you know, show them, give them, you know, just you have some toughness. You know, that's what those guys, you know, are able to bring. And I think it's getting better. The physicality and toughness is, is getting better. Obviously, it's nowhere near to what it, it needs to get. But – it's just any 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 little bit can help, you know. At this level, you know, if it can if it can make a kid, you know, play tougher, you know, those you know four to five snaps more a game, you know, that that could be that could be the matter of, you know, winning a football game or or making uh, making a play that you know helps win a football game, you know, and so on and so forth. So I think it's great. I know those those both those guys care deeply about the program. Um, they want to see it succeed, and I know they're willing to do whatever they can to help. Jay Moore's with us on Hale Varsity. Jay, you uh, were a guy that, that played at a high level. You're an all-conference performer. You, too, are an NFL guy, and uh, you care about the program as well. You also aren't that far removed from being in the same situation a lot of these kids are in because you had former guys brought in to speak to you as well. How did it resonate with you? Do you worry about it resonating with with today's generation? Yeah, you know, I, it didn't didn't take much for me. You know, I grew up idolizing, you know, Jason and Jay and and Grant Wistrom and Jared Tomich and Kyle Vandenbosch and you know, you go down the list. You know, Lawrence Phillips, Calvin Jones, Derek Brown. Like, I mean, that's that's my heyday as a as a kid. You know, that's I'm third, fourth, fifth grade and. Nebraska's playing for a national title every year and winning them, you know, every other year back to back. So like, I didn't need it. Like I knew what those guys meant, and it was cool to have those guys step in there because I looked up to a lot of those guys, and they did, uh, they did, they would, you know, stop by and and talk to us. But you know, that's that's the part of you know being better and this team getting better and growing is is taking advice. And I know I know Jason and Jay have spoken before to the team, and it's, I think when they gave out their black shirts uh, last year or the year before. So I know there's they've done it, but I'm not too concerned. I think, you know, you're always going to have kids that are going to blow it off and, and you know, say, oh, I, don't, I don't need it. That's not that big a deal. But, you know, you might, you might hit home with a few guys and a few guys that you need to hit, have it hit home and, and that's if that's going to be the case, then that's you'll take that. You'll take a, if it's going to hit home with three or four kids. It doesn't have to hit home with all 150. You know, I don't think they have they have that expectation. But if you can make a few guys that are going to contribute, they make them a, a little tougher. You know, you give them a little more advice, like I said, and they can they can improve on you know five to ten snaps a game. Then that's that could be the difference of winning football games. Jay, if you were to put yourself in the shoes of one of these guys uh, that's currently on the the University of Nebraska football team. How would you want Jason and Jay to come in and earn respect? Because to be listened to, you have to be respected by the team. So what what steps do you think these guys are going to go through to try to earn a little respect from the team? Or, or is it just going to naturally come because these guys were national champions? Yeah, I don't I don't think, you know, I think they've, <laughs> Jason and Jay have earned the right to come in there. And I don't think that, you know, they can, 
they don't need to. I don't think they're going to be too worried about getting you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty olds respect. They're going to come in there and and help where they're, where they're needed. I mean, they've already earned it. I mean, just throw up highlights of of you know the ninety seven season or you know ninety five season, ninety six season. You you name it. You throw up those highlights, and you can. You know, Jason was a first round draft pick. Obviously, some injuries you know made his career shorter. Jay played for what eight nine years in the NFL. His dad is one of the best running backs of all time and one of the best Vikings of all time. I don't think you know these kids have all the you know access to to you know the internet. So let's just look them up, and uh, their track record will speak for themselves. I don't I don't think they need to say stand up there and say hey. This is what I did. They don't. They don't need to do that. They've. They've. Their. Their actions have gone. Have. Uh, have taken care of themselves. Of that for themselves. So you know, like I said, you're not going to hit home with every kid, but that's okay. You know, like I said, if you can hit home with, you know, I like guess five to ten kids, whatever it may be, uh, I, I think that's a win. Jay Moore's with us. Black shirt Husker NFL are at uh, Jay Moore forty four on Twitter, his podcast, More To It, Heard At Media. It's where you hear Jay. So uh, Cam Newton shells out some coin for a seven-on-seven camp. We're going to get to this uh, next segment, but Cam viciously disrespected by a knucklehead, uh, and uh, Cam let the kid know he's rich. Not not the, the free agent part, but, hey, I'm rich. Where's your dad at? Bird, Bird, what would you think of that? And, and I credit Cam Newton. I would have, uh, I would have taken the kid out by the ear. That's just me because I yeah. have zero patience. But he uh, he tried to talk to the kid, and I guess this is just a a case in point of 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 worst case scenario of of um, of, of wanting to act out and and show out and and try and. Uh, embarrass somebody I, I i was horrified but not surprised yeah it's obviously very disrespectful that's just the world we live in now where younger the younger generation you know they, they think real life is social media and you can be a keyboard warrior in real life well it's just that's not the way it works you can't you know you might be you know, Tommy Toughnuts, and sit behind a keyboard and 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 say what you want to a, a grown ass man about something. You know, and and you don't have to take it because you're hidden behind a, a goofy picture and you don't have your real name up there or whatever. Whether it's on Instagram or on 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 Twitter or whatever it is, but all of a sudden he, you know, he got froggy and jumped and thought it was real life Twitter and uh, and Instagram. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, it's it's. I hope if he has parents, I hope his parents, you know, smack him upside the head real well and say, hey, knucklehead, like, you can't be doing this. You're embarrassing us. You're embarrassing the family. Show some respect because I think that kid just thought it was real-life Twitter or Instagram. You can just kind of run your mouth off to anyone. You're going to be okay. But, uh, no, Cam came and found him and <laughs> and uh, made him own it. So hopefully the kid it was, a, was a learning lesson. But, unfortunately, you got people out there now that think uh, real life is, is social media and you can say anything to anyone, but that's obviously not the case. Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Jay Moore 44 on Twitter. Jay, a couple of minutes left before we say goodbye. Uh, what uh, What's your takeaway here with this proposal? Watson to the Vikings. Texans get Jimmy G. Uh, Texans also get first round uh, Minnesota. Draft pick of 01, first round of 2023, and conditional second round 02 and 2022-23. And, and 
and Cousins ends up in San Fran. Do you like that for all parties? Who? Hmm. I know Vikings fans like it. I haven't <laughs> seen that yet today. It's a Peter King. Uh, Peter Tex- King just kind of playing God for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Texans really care anymore. They're just trying to, you know, things are kind of getting torn apart. Interesting for 49ers. I don't think the I think 49ers get the worst of it. You're just um, not a Cousins guy. Yeah, I don't know. He's in a Jimmy G was more of a game manager too, I guess. You know, I don't think they got enough you know, if the 49ers were healthy this year, they could have been a lot better. Um, they obviously had the major injuries in Jimmy G being one of them. I just don't know. I, I don't – he's been – how many years has Cousins been in the league? I feel like he's getting up there in age. And I think 2012 and, was a draft class. Yeah, so eight years. Yeah, I mean, so he's getting up there in age. I I don't know. I don't, I don't like it as much with 49 I know the Vikings fans would love that, but I – but you need to get someone that's you know reliable too. 49ers, Jimmy G's had some injuries, and you know that's that's one thing Kurt's been doing. He hasn't he's gotten hasn't gotten beat up too much, even though his O line's been suspect at times in in uh, up in Minnesota. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting proposal. I just feel like I feel like uh, Vikings make out the best, Texans are whatever, and I think the 49ers kind of get the the worst of it, unless they get some other some other pick somewhere else. Mm. But it's, a, it's an interesting proposal. We'll see if uh, that's part of the direction this week. Jay Moore with us. Jay, you're awesome. Thanks for the time, bud. We'll talk soon. Appreciate you. Yep, you got Flatter. All right, there he is. Jay Moore with us. We'll uh, dive into the uh, the heckler and Cam Newton next on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Monday edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Charlie McBride's coming up in 25 minutes, and we'll say hi to Greg Smith. Reaction to Jackson and uh, some of the recruiting news over the weekend where Nebraska did not make the top five for two of the top prospects, two top 250 kids just up in Omaha. So Greg will... Uh, Greg Smith will spend some time with us. Uh, numbers to get in. 466-3776-800-825-5865. So where are you at? And just a little bit more on the situation over the weekend with Cam Newton and a young heckler at a football camp. So you've had the player, and the kid's a minor, so I'm not going to get into his name, but he did post on social media uh, an apology. So let's let's lay out the apology, first and foremost, by this young camp heckler that went off on Cam Newton, and we'll get to the apology. Here's what was said. This was on TikTok. This was a young camper uh, getting after it with Cam Newton. You maybe saw it. Let's revisit just so you have full context. You're a free agent. I'm rich. You're a free agent. I'm rich. You're about to be poor. I'm rich. You're about to be poor. I'm rich. You're about to be poor. I'm rich. You're a free agent. I'm rich. You're a free agent. I'm rich. He's still free agent. Why your daddy is? Let me talk to your dad. Let me talk to your dad. What's your dad? You're a free agent. 
Where's your dad? He's a free talk agent. To your dad. I'm not He's a free to agent. You ass. Talk to, let me talk. Where's you your dad? Where's like, your pop? You wow. You're a free agent. I'm rich. You're a free agent. I'm rich. You're about to be poor. I'm rich. You're a free agent. Where's your dad? Where's your dad at? Cam, your ass. I mean, it was vicious. And Cam is not a guy that takes criticism well. Let's just be honest about that. We None of us like criticism. Cam's got to face criticism. Cam's acted like a flat-out baby a lot in his career, in my humble opinion. Cam's also won an MVP, uh, gone you know 15-2 and two during a season, and has played and gutted out a lot of seasons hurt. I mean, he, he takes, despite being 6'6", 260, the guy runs the football a ton, gets crushed uh, by guys his size or bigger, in the pocket, and Cam's a hell of a football player. I think Cram's. I think Cam's a bit of a diva, but I think he's a phenomenal football player, and and he's put ten years into the league. So let's not forget, also Heisman Trophy winner and national champion. No, I, I right. I mean that's that's college, but what he's done in the NFL. I mean, he's he was a dual threat that has been incredible throwing the football, and he's worked hard to become a better mm-hmm. passer. And I have that's my respect level. Like you can be a dual threat and and like dominate a game with your legs in college. He's been able to do it in the NFL. And uh, I know the Super Bowl didn't go his way against Denver, but he's he's a great player. And I think he's concerned about the youth of America because he's shelling out money to put camps on for kids. And they're at camp to get better. Elijah, you've done camps before. So let's just walk down memory lane. Next, The last time Elijah Herbal, back when you used to wear husky size, and played left <laughs> tackle. And say Joe Thomas was putting a camp on. And say Joe Thomas had been cut. Didn't happen. But let's just walk. Would, would Elijah Herbal have piped up while filming's going on in the age of social media and denigrated a, a, a player the caliber of Cam Newton. Hell no. Never. You never. kidding me? No. 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 Even if you didn't like the guy, you'd, you'd have some respect and thankfulness that some dude's putting a camp on for me. And that's just also not my personality. When you, when you show up to these camps, um, it's a sea of faces. You walk in and they're from high schools from five states all over the place, from different classes, different backgrounds, and you just realize I am just a face in this crowd. And the whole point of going to these camps is to get yourself noticed. There are some guys who go do it. They're trash talking the uh, the other guys at the camper. They're the other campers. They're trash talking. They're making plays. Other guys are just doing flashy stuff for no reason. Because the whole goal is to get people that are there watching the camp to look at you and say. I at least want to go talk to this kid. I want to know who this kid is. Ooh. I want to go find his huddle film just because what I saw at camp today. And, and I can see a kid like this also going, you know what? I, I want to show Cam Newton that I have intensity, I have fire, and I want to be noticed. There's no such thing as bad publicity. So, same that well, along the lines. That take. As I'm going to get myself noticed, there's a lot of times where at these camps, they'll, they'll sit down with all the campers before and say, we know you're here to get noticed, but above all else, we want you guys to get better. Um, but here's what we're looking for. They'll, they'll kind of give you that. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if there were, there was some of that in this camp where beginning camp, all the campers sat down and said, oh, we want intensity, we want guys who are going to fight, we want yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kid, I think, just took that the wrong way. Well, clearly, and this is the apology from said kid. First and foremost, I want to express my deepest apologies 
to Cam Newton, my entire organization, my coaches for my actions at the seven on seven tournament this past weekend. I did not intend for it to get as far as it did. First, I would like to start off by saying my parents never taught me to be disrespectful. As a football player, I let my competitive side get the best of me. It was a huge miscommunication. It was in the midst of, a, of the moment, and I realized how uh, a lot of it, you took it as disrespectful. Well, it was. Um, uh, I never meant to humiliate and let anyone down. I am very appreciative of the 7-on-7 seven seven to even allow me to be a part of the community and allow me to be a part of the team I'm currently on. I realize this can dictate my future as a young man having very big dreams and goals, but I will not allow this to stop me from getting where I need to be. So again, I apologize and I hope I can be forgiven. Listen, you're young. We all do stupid things. Don't do it again. But are you going to change your ways as far as are you going to respect your elders, right? I mean, that's what it kind of gets down to. Do you respect older people that have done it at a high level or just people that have more life experience in general? And this is in, in part of what Jay said last segment is so spot on. And it's it's social media. It's attention. It's likes. It's three million views on this thing or more now, probably. And, you know, what's what's your motive, man? Do you want to be uh, in it for the long haul or do you want to be a flash in the pan uh, with how you get attention? And. There's, there's a class clown everywhere. I get it. And you're going to go attack Cam. And you know what the other thing, though, is Cam, Cam, again, kudos to him for putting this camp on. He's funding it, right? It's an Under Armour deal. So there's a business side to it as well. But if I could, like, check Cam for a second, um, the message is... Well, I'm rich, so shut up. I mean, that's that's what Cam ba- Cam came back with when he was questioned. Hey, dude, you're you're a free agent. <laughs> you don't have a job. That hurts. That 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 just stabs Cam Newton. I get it, but the response isn't I'm rich. I would have taken the kid aside by himself, one on one with him, and just said, Yeah, dude, this is a tough spot for me. I'm an MVP now. Probably going to be a backup, but. I got to grind and climb up. There, there's a way to give a message versus saying, well, guess what, dude? I'm rich. You're not. So Cam could have been better himself, but he didn't haul off and punt the kid, which I may have. But wind down hour one at Hale Varsity. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, Luke McCaffrey is off to Louisville. Louisville. And uh, it's interesting setup. They've got a fifth-year senior at quarterback there and uh, a couple of other guys. So it's not a, exactly an empty quarterback room. Saufeld, though, has a pretty fun offense. Uh, it, it is good for dual-thread quarterbacks, and we'll see where Luke's at. There's also not as much in the receiver room, quite honestly. So we'll see if Luke McCaffrey, once he gets there this summer, can thrive. And we wish Luke the best in Louisville. Or Louisville. I, I, I go Louisville, it's Louisville, uh, if I'm saying it correctly. But at least he landed at a, at a power five. And uh, Louisville isn't that far removed from the uh, the Lamar Jackson era, where they were a good football team. I mean, they were 9-10 wins 
a season. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater before that. They're crushing Florida in a Sugar Bowl under Charlie Strong. And uh, Strong obviously left, and they get the the Harley rider to, to go back in there for a couple of years. They went after Brom. What was that, last offseason that, that Louisville went after Brom two years ago? Something like that. I mean, someone's going after Brom every single year. No, but, so. but that's like his whole – that's where he played, mm-hmm. you know. So might have been a year and a half ago. I don't know. It's all blurry. But point is this. Uh, Luke's going to be at uh, Louisville, and there is a connection with the quarterback coach there that was at Colorado State. I think the quarterback coach and uh, Easy Ed McCaffrey may have crossed paths in the football world there uh, in – between Fort Collins and in the Denver region. So let's get you an update uh, moving forward here. Charlie McBride, his take on Jason Peter and Jay Foreman as volunteer coaches. We'll uh, go there with Coach McBride, and uh, Greg Smith will no doubt have a reaction to Devin Jackson and Deshaun Woods, their top fives, and uh, a, a wider look at uh, Nebraska as winter conditioning continues to move forward. A reminder about moving in 2021. West Blue Realty is there to help. They're there to take a phone call. And West Blue Realty specializes in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. If you're making a move in 2021, when you mention Hale Varsity for a limited time, West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby is there to help with West Blue Realty at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, Kelly's fantastic as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. WestBlueRealty.com. Get an appointment today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So Friday, uh, we did basketball. Saturday, we did basketball then Saturday night went out uh, and had a I, I pulled what my wife usually does during her birthday week. There's three minimum of like three nights. We got to celebrate her birthday. We'll take her out. Uh, my side of the family will we'll try and get together. And then her side of the family. Right. There's there's monster cookie and wherever she wants to go eat. Well, we went out over the weekend and I had a. I went to a restaurant that had a a special souve fillet. It was six ounces. Mm. I needed sixty ounces of it, <laughs> but I got six with a little surf and turf. And it was it was glorious, Elijah. Sous vide is beautiful. Oh, it, <laughs> it was magnifique. Maybe I'll bring my uh, my dad's sous vide cooker over up whenever I uh, when I pay up on that steak and a beer bet. Or uh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it done. McBride's next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Greg Smith coming up, a recruiting hit uh, on the way with Greg of Hale Varsity. Uh, can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah. 
Email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com, and uh, can dial us up if you so choose. 466 3776, 466 3776, 800 825 5865. It is that time. Every Monday at 5, we welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself, Mondays with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, how's the weekend? Are you thawing out up north? That's uh, good. It's getting warmer now. It's already up to 35 degrees. We, uh, we hit mid-40s today, so it was slushy and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, everything... <laughs> It's all water, right? <laughs> Mud and water. Dirty, yeah. cold, dirty snow. Yeah, dirty snow. But you know what? At least it's not 20 feet high oh, anymore, man. But we're, uh, we're doing all right. We are doing all right. And yeah. uh, we uh, were excited uh, for, uh, for the week that is and a little bit warmer weather and maybe even 50 tomorrow. <laughs> so there we go. Well, that's good. I got to ask you and uh, get your reaction to uh, your players, two guys that were very important to your side of the ball, Jason Peter and uh, Jay Foreman, are both going to be spending time with Scott Frost as volunteer coaches. And Coach, I want your reaction to that with Scott tapping uh, the shoulder pads of a couple of guys that used to go hurt quarterbacks for you. <laughs> well, they know what they're doing, at least, you know, and I mean, that's the biggest thing. They'll do a good job. I think, you know, they're both, uh, I think Jason's had some experience in the high school level. Mm-hmm. I know out in California, um, you know, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's fundamentally, I think he'll do a really a good job for me. I think that's the most important thing that they have. And then, He's liable to tell them what it takes to win, too, a little bit, both of them, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a, that's a good thing, I, you know, and, you know, kind of in no uncertain terms. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you're telling me he's not bashful, right? No, he won't be bashful. But, you know, he'll, he'll expect a lot, and they'll, they'll understand. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, that's just his – his way of doing stuff that you know he's um he's going to push him and he'll he'll teach him i mean mm-hmm. that's that's the important thing is that they learn something and um you know and they can get you know and, and how much how much they get involved i don't know mm-hmm. you know that's that's what i i don't know you know about them but you know as far as the you know the fundamental part of it goes they'll they'll really do a good job for him Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Mondays with Charlie. And Jason's role as a volunteer going to be in the weight room uh, with some of the kids, not on field. Jay Foreman will do uh, some life skills uh, with the player development side of things. And Jay's, right. Jay's been, uh, I mean, Jay went on to get his master's in business from Harvard after uh-huh. his playing days. And what what sticks out to you about about Jay Foreman and all, I mean, he kind of touched on Jason's personality. What do you, what well, do you like about Jay and, and how do you think Jay's going to be able to connect to the kids? Well, I think Foreman, Foreman's always been, he's, you know, he's a real solid person. I mean, he's, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he grew up and, you know, is with his dad mm-hmm. being a great player. And so he knows the game pretty good and he understands it. 
and academically, for example, he, you know, he's had he's had a, he's had a good education, and you know, he knows what that takes. You know, and and you know, to be a football player and be a student is a tough deal. You know, and it's the same thing for any sport, really. You know, you spend the afternoons practicing all the time when a lot of the students are studying. And uh, so your st- all your work has to be pretty much at night, you know, uh, especially during the season it's tough. And uh, spring ball is okay, but, you know, you'd like to get it done early if you can, but the way the things are set up now, they, they're probably hanging on as late as they can because of the virus and um, so on. So, uh, But I, I, I'll tell you what, that, that both of those guys are, are going to be a real asset. I mean, you know, and I think that, you know, the thing that's happening in the weight room, of course, the Peter brothers, both of them, in fact, all of them, you know, understand the weight room pretty good, and they understand how to lift and, and things like that. So Jason will do a good job in that part of it. But I think in the weight room you can all, always show kids stuff, do things, you know, on 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 your own in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, he'll probably, you know, using your hands and some of those things will be pretty good. But he'll he'll encourage him to go to the the important muscle groups to play def- defensive line. And uh, well, for for that matter, for all the front seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it'll it'll be a plus for him. I mean, I know that even when Kenny Walker, who was totally deaf work in there those kids wanted them to stay because you know he he could he could teach them by showing them mm-hmm. i mean you know it was you know those things are really important the little things you know the the, the big things a lot especially the younger players that don't know you know they've been lifting and maybe they haven't had quite the fine teaching that you know they're going to get at the college level and and so on so you know, it's 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 good. I mean, it'll be a good deal for him. I I was happy to see that. I did, you know, my wife had told me about it, and um, you know, she had read it in the, you know, in, the, in the, some of the newspaper mm-hmm. clippings or something, and and told me that they were going back. So I thought that's going to be, you know, that'll that'll work out well. Charlie McBride's with us, Mr. Blackshirt Mondays with Charlie at Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, when when you talk about the little things, kind of go a little deeper for me, if yeah. you can, uh, from okay. your perspective and from a player's perspective. We hear coaches talk about the little things. What do you mean by little things that turn well, into big things? Well, you know, when you play football, you can't. You're, let's just say you're just and you're lifting. You have to lift within the football range. Okay. A lot of guys you'll see grab the bar way out wide or something, you know, little things to move it in, you know, where you're you're developing the muscle grouping that's in the area that you're going to be playing. You know, and, uh, you know, I remember having a guy, Mike Webster, he had traveled around the world looking mm. at some of these weightlifters. And a lot of the stuff also that he found out was a lot of these weightlifters you know, had four muscle groups was the front squat and actually the back squat. And if you figure it out, the front squat is where the other players are going to be. The back squat's for power. The front squat's for more of a football exercise. 
And if you look at, for example, on a bench press, um, you know, for alignment, it's a little, for offensive linemen, it's a little different. For a defensive lineman, the incline press is much better because you're at an angle that you're, your back butts down, your back's up, and you're, you know, going straight out. So it's more like a football lift. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a lot of time with the defensive guys, you know, doing incline presses. Uh, that's when the board is, you know, tilted about 45 degrees and you lay back on it. Uh, I know a lot of people probably going over their head a little bit if they've not been in the weight room a bit. But Some of us just walked po- by it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hand position is is really important and and um, things like that. And, and, you know, sometimes there's, there's guys that can explode at the end, mm-hmm. and that has a lot to do with your nerve structures. I mean, you're explosive. You know, you, you can learn to explode with your 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 arms and hands and things like that by when you get to the top of your lift and when you're hitting you know you you're basically training your muscles to do that a lot of times like uh, i think that when mike webster came around he he just said that the the basic were the four exercises that 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 the big power lifters did you know the guys that were really weight lifters Mm -hmm. you know world-class guys and uh, and they they had those four muscle groups and and when he when he got down to it it was it was exactly what you know some of them were, was exactly what you had to do to were the major muscle groups you had to develop for football and um, and and the other thing is is a lot of it is as you know an offensive lineman pretty much is push and pull push and you know that type of thing okay. And you take a wrestler, for example, and he's pull. Mm-hmm. He's he's more of a guy that pulls people into him. And a football player is one that pushes away from him. Sure. So it's a whole different can of worms, you know, sometimes when you're lifting. And uh, so a lot of those things, I think, are, are really important to to, to the person. Um, uh, the the other the other thing is is you know how. Uh, how the dumbbell structure, where you can lift it different different ways, and when you're a defensive lineman, for example, you know you're you're throwing guys across your face, across your body, you're doing all kinds of things, and you can simulate some of those things in some of the dumbbell exercises that that they do, and uh, and and strengthen yourself in those in those ways. A lot of times they have machines that help you with that, also, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, but you know I don't know what kind of grouping what they have for machinery, but I know that the old uh, just the old dumbbell work um, can really 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 help you. You know, for example, just alternate alternate incline presses. You take a bar and you can just or a bench press, for example. You can take a bench just one bar, but if you have the other one, you're going to be pushing with one hand. And then dropping the other and, and rotating them, and that's more, you know, of a kind of an athletic type of thing. Uh, I think the, you know that the upper body, the neck structure, and your upper shoulder body to protect yourself from uh, injury is, is the other thing. Weight training is, you know, is 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 really good. You know, it makes a big difference in your physical structure when you're out there. That. Uh, 
that it, it helps. Uh, the only thing that I would say that they that they I don't I don't know their program, but I know with our old program. I'm sure they're probably the same because uh, you know he worked there. He mm-hmm. knows what flexibility is. So you do a lot of flexibility work with the weight training, and um, you know that 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 stuff all includes, and, and especially with linemen who might be a little stiff in the hips or might be a little, they can they can do exercises that that loosen up that those hips and get them so you can run better, you know, more feel feel stronger and things like that, and especially big guys, you know, that are. Younger, they don't bend their knees as good as a shorter, squattier guy does, and and that you know that takes a lot of work. And if you can figure it out for yourself, a guy that bench presses 400 pounds may be a guy with a 33 arm length, and a guy that has a 35 or a 36 arm, you know, <laughs> length has to push it farther. Right, a lot so, of lot of lot of further ways to go. <laughs> that's right. Coach, it's fascinating here to, to pick your brain on the on these little things because it just seems like there's a an endless supply of new little things that you could be teaching these guys. Um, and whenever you, you put your sh- yourself in the shoes of a, an assistant at Nebraska, do they have the time to instill all these little things in their players um, every single year, or is that where a guy like Jason or Jay Foreman is going to come in and be really useful? Yeah, well, that that's right, and, and you know, and and they can talk to each other about different things and. You know, when they get done when they're just walking around or when they're in between sets or after it's over, spend a little time with them, maybe even demonstrating some pass rush techniques in, 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 in the weight room. You know, and show them where, uh, you know, like a rip, where a, a dumbbell exercise would fit with that particular, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, different lifts would be with different kinds of moves with your arms and and pass rushing people. The other thing is is I think that uh, I know that uh, a long time ago I my in fact it was almost the first clinic I ever went to as a coach. Bum Phillips was the defensive line coach of the Chargers, and of course he's passed away now. He's all the way up to head coach, mm-hmm. but. He he asked us the first thing. He said, "What is the strongest thing you need to have as a defensive lineman?" And you know, at any points, right at me, like I'm going, like I, I and I said, "Well, your upper body, your you know, your strength." And mm-hmm. he said, "No." And and, and it, you know, he asked a bunch of guys, and guys gave these different answers. And he said, "No, the thing that's most important with a defensive lineman, the strength of your hands." Uh, hand strength is so important because if you lose your hands and you lose your thumb or you lose your fingers and you get them dislocated, a lot of times, guys, you'll see them, you know, dislocate them and things like that. That's not as bad, but if you lose your thumb, uh, that's a big thing. And uh, so, you know, that was surprising to me, and I, I think that if anybody that's listening to me now just – one of the things that he showed us was taking a big page of the newspaper and putting it, holding it at the tip, and then crunching it all up in your hand. <laughs> you, if you try that, and you got to get it all in your hand, you can't have anything sticking out. And so we all had a piece of paper in there. By the time we we all got done, our our hands and our wrists and everything were so bent out of shape that we, you know. <laughs> It teaches you, but when, you know, and, and so one of the things that I think that you've got to is just simple things like silly putty. I know I have a couple of players that 
uh, keep, you know, the, the squeeze thing you have, mm-hmm. you know, the thing you squeeze with your hands. It doesn't do your thumbs as much, but it does your hands. Have them in their cars now, still. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> That's pretty those good. Things. Well, when they're driving, you know, and things like that. Charlie and, McBride's uh, with us here on Hale Varsity. So Coach, this, uh, was, this was fascinating. All, the, everything, every part of your upper body and hands are really... There's all kinds of little things you have to really, you know, work on. Coach, uh, we will check in next Monday. This was great. Thank you so much for the time today. Okay. Have a good, have a good week. Have a warm one. I will. You take okay. care, Coach. Thanks, guys. Bye now. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Monday edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Great stuff from Charlie McBride. We talked little things, and uh, Coach got into it. His reaction to Jay Foreman, Jason Peter, part of the uh, the program. Uh, you've known that, but now it's uh, it's kind of like the scene in in uh, where where Kurt Russell hands old Doc Holiday the the old the old badge in uh, the, the 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 Western from back in the day. Why am I? Greg Smith is with us. Greg, help me out. The old Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday. I'm your Huckleberry. Tombstone. Tombstone. Were you I'm hang- glad you got there because I did not know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's Tombstone, one of the best westerns ever, and and everyone gets deputized, right? So uh, let's let's start there, and we'll get some some weekend recruiting thoughts. But Greg, you talk to to 15 to to 18 year old recruits all the time. I mean, you're you're in on kids that are on the Nebraska radar even maybe before an offer's out there. You do a lot of homework. And I, I want your take because you got to deal with the, the kids that, uh, I don't know, they, they hear how great Nebraska was from a family member versus what they remember in their, in their, their, their formative years. Uh, they, they see eight and four, nine and four, maybe, right? And then, then they've seen a lot of four and eights. So you get a guy like Peter and in, in, um, in Foreman uh, that, are, that are coming on board to, to help kind of bridge that gap. Uh, what's your take on that? What do you think? And, and what, do you, what can you say honestly uh, to the kids that are in that 15 to 18-year-old uh, de- demo? What are they going to think uh, about uh, what some, uh, some guys from the 90s have to say? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I, I think that it's always a good thing, especially when you're at a program like Nebraska that has such a rich past, right? And now as we're getting by the year, we're getting further away from that rich history and past and, and really winning football is to bring some of these guys back to remind people of what things could be like around here. And I think it's twofold. I do think that it it, it is a smaller factor, I think, for the 15- to 18-year-olds. If you were to say, hey, Jason Peter and Jay Foreman are hanging around the program, I think that it's, it's a bigger deal for the guys that are already in the program, right? The guys that they're probably, uh, they're definitely getting to see and interact with a lot more um, than those recruits. Because I do think that there, it's one thing for, say, Scott Frost, Greg Austin, Barrett Rude, Brian Held, um, the guys who played here that are on the coaching staff, for them to say, hey, this is what it used to be. But it's another thing um, when a guy who's not your coach comes in and says it, right? Like, uh, even as good as those guys were in the story, to, uh, careers as they had it does hit differently um, when it's someone that you can kind of see not necessarily as a peer but not as an authority figure as a coach mm-hmm. um, so I do think that that's a good thing Greg you do the podcast uh, with Jay Foreman the straight up podcast 
and uh, you are uh, a partner with Jay. So I'm going to get your up close and personal take. You sit with him for an hour plus once a week um, with with Jay. What what do you think he can offer and his ability to to connect and communicate is 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 impressive. I know he coaches youth basketball because I'd see him on one other court when I'd take junior to basketball. And so he, I mean, so he's not like completely removed from, you know, teenagers. He's, he's coaching them. So that's just one example. But I mean, this is your podcast partner, man. What's, uh, what's your take on things with, with Jay? What, what can he bring to the party uh, in, in that uh, player development role? Cause Jay's a smart, smart dude. Yeah, I think that, that that's the thing is that he's a really sharp guy that can break down football life and just like what it takes to kind of be a football player in Nebraska because obviously he's been there, done that um, at a highly successful level, but he's able to kind of relate that to the kids. And like you mentioned, I think it's important that he still does various things with coaching and with charity work so that he's not, it's not like he's just dropping in and hasn't talked to a teenager um, in years, right? Like he's already got some practice at this, so it ends up helping, too, with him being able to communicate with those guys. But he also has a way of just telling you like it is um, and cutting through the BS and just letting you know, right? And so I think that that can be effective, too, because there's no sugarcoating it. Um, I can't imagine the things that he's saying to guys uh, in the weight room uh, down there at Memorial Stadium. Greg Smith is with us, uh, recruiting insider, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, uh, the top fives are out. Uh, Devin Jackson, Deshaun Woods, no Nebraska, no Big Ten. You're, uh, you, you called this beyond two weeks ago. Now it's reality. What's uh, Nebraska's reaction to this, if any? And uh, what's your read here on Jackson and Woods here as they move forward here with some of their, their top five is that will eventually narrow to three? Yeah, I think I think first and foremost, I think Nebraska's reaction is is that disappointed, not surprised, but also not deterred, right? Like I don't I don't think that like knowing and, and you guys have seen kind of how this staff operates and knowing what's happened in some of these other recruitments, they're not going to just throw in the towel. Like I think especially in the case of Deshaun Woods, um, they're going to continue to try and see if they can push the right buttons or find the buttons to push in that recruitment um, to keep that thing going. Now Devin Jackson was always going to be a tougher pull. We talked about that um, numerous times. So I think that they'll continue to operate uh, because you just never know what's going to happen down the stretch. And as I wrote over the weekend, like remember at this time last year, maybe a little bit later, Avante Dickerson's top three was Nebraska, Ohio State, and LSU. I believe, yep. um, commits to Minnesota out of the blue and then ends up at Oregon, right? So you just never know with these recruitments, especially when you're the home state school, um, because things can change quickly um, with that and with you having the proximity advantage. And as for those kids, I mean, they've got a lot of great options. Um, they they talk, they both talk about wanting to play together because they're best friends. Um, kids talk about that all the time, honestly, and it very, very rarely comes to fruition. So we'll see how that goes. Though I do think that they had three of the five same schools um, on their list, and I think it's Texas A&M, Arizona State, and Miami, um, all warm weather schools, all kind of southern or southwest schools. Um, so it'll be interesting to track where that goes from here, because I do think that Notre Dame is, is a real player in Jackson's recruitment. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Greg, you're, you're just getting into what I wanted to ask you, and that's if Nebraska is going to get back into the fold in these recruitments, who are the schools that they've got to go uh, and out-recruit? Who, who are the schools that are at the top of these guys' list right now? Um, not just the top five, but like who is the top of the top five? Yeah, I think for Devin Jackson, Notre Dame is, good, is the team to beat. And I know a lot has been made about you know him not wanting to play in cold weather and um, trying to get away from the cold, but the, the thing is on that is yes of course indiana south bend is in the cold but it's a different story when you're going in the cold to get that education play for that coaching staff and you know potentially win a national championship because they're in the hunt every year right or most every year um so i think that they're going to be tough to chase down i do think that arizona state is a real factor for both of these guys um they've got nebraska ties on that staff and if you've noticed they've done a sneaky job of trying to recruit nebraska they've offered all five uh in-state guys in this 2022 cycle that Nebraska has as well. Uh, so I think that those are the two schools really to watch in both recruitments. Well, Notre Dame and Jackson, Arizona State and both. You know what? Herm's like sneaky good, isn't he? With not only finding the offensive lineman, but uh, his quarterback, Jalen Smith, is really talented. And I think they'll, they'll end up winning more uh, down there with Herm in the desert. But, man, he, uh, he has a really good eye for talent. So Arizona State's like just going to kind of be there now, right, uh, yeah. for the first time in, in, in a long time. Uh, Kelly's really loaded up. His lines of scrimmage have been tremendous at Notre Dame, and they're not a stranger, man. It seems like every you know six, eight years they're, they're a playoff threat. They are, they, right. and they've been. Um, and they're about the only northern school not named Ohio State that is. I mean, those are the two northern schools that are, that are doing it. I uh, want to go over to uh, the Luke McCaffrey news about going to Louisville. Uh, surprised that Louisville was a landing spot or no? This makes sense. Um, I was surprised by this one. Um, I didn't. It was it was really tough for me to peg where I thought he was going to land. Um, and uh, you know, of course, you know, kind of the connection with his dad out in Colorado. Um, and maybe he'll have to play for him. So that it'll be really intriguing um, to see how that goes. Because really, on its surface, uh, it's a similar quarterback situation to the room he just left, right, mm-hmm. with an entrenched starter um, that they already have. So I'll be curious to see how that goes for him. Um, and as a bonus, they get to play against Wandale Robinson in Kentucky now. Now, it still sounds weird to say this year. It, it does. Uh, Greg Smith is with us on Hale Varsity. What's your take on Brommer? Nebraska extending an offer to the tight end out of Pierce. I, I think of uh, Pierce tight ends and uh, their ability to haul in 80-yard touchdown passes from Jamal Lord. Uh, ben Brommer is, <laughs> is 6'6", 200. Nebraska just absolutely has... Uh, a they have a a a, a tight end uh, manufacturing plan. Is that true or false here in the state? Uh, yes, that is true. Um, there is something in the water around these parts with these tight ends. Um, and, and it's funny because every time I think, oh, I write the story that you know we got the next group of tight ends coming up. Uh, when I wrote the one last year about 2022, and then now we've got 2023 ones popping up. Um, it's really good, and, and it's funny because I I've talked to you about this privately. Like when you talk to coaches around the state, they say that there's high school coaches. They say that there's been a shift in saying taking a guy like Brommer and saying, hey, we're just going to kind of bulk 
you up and put you at left tackle versus now they figured out that they can use that kid with his athleticism and speed in the pass game. Um, and then he enjoys that because it's become a big thing in college and a huge thing in the NFL. Um, so it's really just been a huge trickle-down effect, and it's really cool to see it play out over time. Um, and Nebraska in early on that one, I, I think that he's going to become a really good at least regional, maybe even national recruit down the road. Um, and don't look now, that 2023 group is already starting to rack up offers from the state of Nebraska. Greg, when we're talking about tight ends here, with Wandale leaving the program, and now Thomas Fedoni coming in along with some tight ends that had some good production last year. Do you see this offense becoming almost focused on the tight end position? I don't know about it. I don't know if it, I think it would be focused on the tight end position, but I do think that the offense operates best when the tight end is a, as a threat. Now you think about Jordan Akins down at Central Florida, they always had reliable tight ends out at Oregon and this offense under Chip Kelly and when Scott Frost and Heltrich and, all, and Lubick and those guys were out there. Um, so I do think that it's important to try and get that going because it's just such a matchup nightmare. And then if you can get a guy to his full potential that has the profile of a guy like Fedoni and other guys like that, um, then it really becomes an issue for the defense. Greg, uh, I uh, was talking to Elijah as we had a souve filet on Saturday night with some friends out at a restaurant, and it was only six ounces, I'm regretting to say, but it was still six ounces of the souve, you know, where you you boil it uh, for uh, an extended amount of time in water where the, the, the meat is sealed and then you sear it. And, brother, it was heaven. Uh, we need Elijah to get his dad's souve uh, machine ready so you and I can go do the Pepsi challenge. About 20 seconds, you think? I, I, yeah, I am all in on that. And here I thought I was going to make you happy by saying I did the uh, Old Bay Air Fryer wing. Did you get it? With a yes. <laughs> the Old Bay never goes wrong. Greg Smith. Greg, that was awesome, brother. Thanks for the time today. Hey, thanks as always, and have a good week. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Winding down a Monday, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Pit plenty on uh, Nebraska and uh, their uh, volunteer coaches, Peter and Foreman. Kudos to those guys. Is uh, they want to give back to a program that they both love, and uh, is as well as their careers went, they had to climb their way up. In a lot of instances, you were talking below the the number five spot on the depth chart when they got to campus. So there's been uh, more than enough patience during their time during the winning years as uh, they climbed their way up and. That's that's really another thing to tackle, isn't it? Is the the topic of patience with uh, with athletes, just patience in general, where you've got a portal, there's no penalty to leave, and that is uh, a situation where kids are being told different things from either people tampering or people in their air quote circle from home. Or they're just not used to having to sit and wait and grind to start. It's just like 7-on-7 or AAU, where if I don't like the playing time, I'm just going to go to another team. And meanwhile, you have 1,500 kids and growing in the portal 
and you are going to have a monster supply and demand issue. Period. And there'll have to be some sort of reaction by the NCAA that has been a joke for a long, long time. So uh, kids will find out the hard way. Oh, uh, you're leaving Nebraska to go to Auburn, hypothetically. Oh, wait, you mean there's there's not a spot for me at Auburn? Huh? Or, oh, I, I'm walking into a crowded room. And case in point, Louisville has two quarterbacks on the roster, one senior, fifth year. Stop me if you've heard that before. And maybe Luke turns into a receiver at Louisville. I don't know. I hope he does awesome there. I hope he plays great football. Yeah, I'm hoping that he does like so well that we just start coining it Lukeyville. Right, right. Huh? Why not? Huh? No. Well, I should trademark that now. No. You, you <laughs> I hope that Nebraska and Louisville meet in the FedEx Orange Bowl. <laughs> right? <laughs> let's, just, let's just make it happen. But I, I'm anxious to see how things go. And I'm also anxious to, to see where kids on the team are, are at with message sent, message received, right? And I think of, I think of some of the criticism that, that past Nebraska teams have felt and heard, right? And, and how some of those guys on a team felt about, like their own, criticizing them. Because, you know, JP and, and Foreman, no stranger to to being honest with their takes, whether it was TV, radio, or, or or social media during the Riley era and even some during the Bo era, all right? So when these guys are brought in, and you heard Grant Wistrom talk about it with us back in December about connecting with that 20-year-old, and you connect with him because you're both you're both football players. You're both one has spent time at Nebraska, one's currently at Nebraska, and you want to win. So here's my advice, and here's how, as Coach McBride said, the little things will make a big difference. And, and these guys can no doubt tell the the who, and most importantly, with today's kids, the why. These guys can give the why. As to, like Coach McBride was talking about, lifting a certain way is going to help you throw somebody away on the defensive line, for for example. But how are kids going to receive it? And I think back to all all the criticism that was happening during the the Bo era, and damn, I'd pay for 10 or 9 wins right now if I'm a Nebraska fan, but... At the at the point in time as a player, you're you're like open to what those guys are saying then because you weren't as far removed from championships, right? 2014, 2013, 2012, 2010, closer to 2001 or 2003 or 1999 in the annals of time compared to, to 2021 right now where you're working on a decade – over since you even won a conference title. So I just wonder if it's going to ring hollow or hit home. That's that's just my biggest thing. And if it hits home with the right kids in the locker room, Elijah, then those kids in the locker room need to enforce the standard. And that's that's the other part of this. You have kids who ask why now, which is fine, whatever. Be able to tell why show why this is important but uh 
also be able to speak up and have a conversation with your teammate that you know is going to be important because a kid can run a 4-3 and and be a deep threat. Let's just call it like we, we need better accountability in, in the locker room. And kids aren't real comfortable. Not every kid, not Jay Foreman, Jason Peter, comfortable with making a teammate understand in no uncertain terms. And how, how are kids going to handle that today? Because kids don't really handle that today. There's, there's not a lot of uh, confrontation that kids relish. Elijah, did you have a guy on the team that maybe you were that guy? I don't know. Do you have a guy on the team that was, was more outspoken and guys would either follow and listen to and respect or even back when you were playing Class A ball, was it, was it more reserved where you didn't want to get in anyone's kitchen? There are definitely, I mean, on my team, there were kids that were more outspoken. There were, there were leaders and there were followers. Um, I mean, I played with Bryson, and he kind of just got that natural respect, Bryson Williams. Because he was good. Because he was you good. You saw him do it every down. And, and he wasn't always the most vocal, outspoken, hey, guys, you need to play better, yada, yada. But you just knew, playing next to him, you knew, I need to bring my A game, because if I don't, he's going to let me know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you didn't want to let him down either. Didn't want to let him down, never. Right. And, and I, I look at this this coaching hire, and like I remember back, being a, a 16-year-old kid, I got 70-year-old coaches coaching me. Mm-hmm. And they haven't but played football in 50 years. But, but you it, didn't doubt them, did you? I didn't doubt them. And it's, it's, you don't even have to, to respect the person. That sounds bad. But it's, it's about respecting that, that figure of authority. If Jason Peter and Jay Foreman come in and your coaches say, you should listen to these guys, they've been there, they've done that, they've won national championships, uh, the kids should be able to say, even if I don't know who this guy is, I can respect his authority and, and the place that he came from to be able to, to win a national championship. Because my coach said it was important. Yes. And, and that's, that's the other thing. I don't necessarily really worry about it, and I hate to go pick sides. I think the defense is quite comfortable with, with buy-in and playing for one another, and I don't think there are issues on the defensive side of the ball. Can they get better? Yes. But you had most of those dudes come back, right? On the offensive side, you know, who's listening? Is everybody on the same page? And is the message being computed? Or is it just Charlie Brown's teacher going, waka, 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 you know? <laughs> that, that, that's, that's real to me. What, what can you do to move forward? And maybe it's a better situation this spring maybe maybe it's going to be okay from those little things turning into big things on a high level you can't keep screwing up on the field on saturdays we'll wind down a monday it's hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one final time and it is all elijah herbal and damon barr starting wednesday Uh oh we also have a Will Wilson appearance on Wednesday. Oh, is he? Damon Barr has, uh, has class Wednesday night. So Will Wilson and his dirty mullet. <laughs> the dirtiest of mullets. I love his mullet. I mean mullet. that in the best way possible. No, and, and, and Will Wilson's fantastic. Willie J, love him, man. And he, he is rocking that old throwback Big 8 hat. Mm-hmm. The only thing missing is, is 
Doug Smith and Julius Mikalik staring at you as they coldly hit free throws on a freezing January night at the Devaney Center. You walk across the gravel, head down. Johnny Orr just beat you. Norm Stewart told you, no, I'm not going to sit down as Missouri and uh, some really good Tigers. Anthony Peeler giving himself cup checks down the court after he just hit a three, giving himself cup checks and doing it in front of the student section. Hmm. Uh-huh. Just, just adjusting. You think that would fly nowadays? You think with all, with all the cameras? I think Anthony Peeler did whatever the hell Anthony Peeler did, and he earned more than most people in, in attendance probably going to Missouri. That was such a blatantly bad take without <laughs> physical, you know, bag man proof. I didn't know enough to call you out, so I just I was just gonna I was gonna let you go with what you wanted to go with. Saying Anthony Peeler probably drove a nice car at Missouri. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed though that Will, um, ever since they uh, they shaved his head on the morning show, um, has not cut his hair? No, he's let that thing grow. I'm wondering if it's a little bit of just like if he was shaken to the core by having to shave his head. <sighs> Because it's, it's been like Will, a good... Willie J was a, a student of mine when I student taught mm. years ago. And I remember Willie J because he'd always... Have a, I mean, his hair's like glorious now, but he had a nice, clean haircut back in junior high. And then Willie J would, uh, would set up next to you because he was doing the student broadcast mm-hmm. for, for East High School. Yeah. And... Now he's he's doing really good work uh, calling games. So, no, I mean uh, Willie J sitting in on Wednesday with you, and that's nice. And it's the it's the Damon Bar and I show on uh, Thursday, Friday, and then it's you and Cranack Saturday. And I believe Damon's coming in for Saturday as well. Okay, good. So it should be a fun couple of days. And you're back Monday. I yes, I am back Monday, and then I am gone. We'll have uh, NCAA tournament coverage Thursday through Monday. Of tournament week starting the uh, the eighteenth eighteenth yeah so I know we got I think it's going to be a one or two Damon Bar and I shows uh, there I'm not quite sure well we'll see what the what the NCAA tournament schedule looks you'll like. have Wednesday to cover yes and Saturday morning I Tuesday believe. so Wednesday Saturday morning and Tuesday yeah pretty sure well, that's not too bad and then uh, I know that the next week after I'm taking a much needed vacation myself you are going to uh, Gummyland. Uh, well, through Gummyland to Big Sky Country, <laughs> going up and taking a little little winter camping trip. I mean, spring, but it's still winter in the mountains. Go Good take for a you. Winter camping trip in the Tetons. Do that is awesome. Uh, buckle up. Seventy percent of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce the risk of fatal injury up to sixty percent. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Big thanks to Greg Smith, Coach McBride, Jay Moore. Back at you tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Have a good one.